have you heard the switch witch? And he's like, no, what's that? And I said, the switch witch is this good witch and she comes on Halloween night and you leave your leftover candy and then the switch witch will bring you a toy in exchange for the candy. Does that sound like something you that something you would like? And he said, yeah. I said, okay, well, how many pieces of candy do you think you want to keep from Halloween night? And he paused and he thought for a while and he goes, mm, maybe 60. Hi, I'm Dr. Morgan Nolte, geriatric physical therapist, weight loss coach, and passionate disease prevention expert. I used to struggle with emotional eating, sugar cravings, and consistency. Then I learned how to lose the mental and physical weight once and for all with a low insulin lifestyle. Each week on the Reshape Your Health podcast, you'll learn simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you're ready to create a body and life you love, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and at the time of this recording, we just finished a healthy holidays workshop, and it was so much fun. Dr. Beth and I put it on, and there was great community engagement and participation, and in this workshop, it was about 90 minutes long. We really covered a lot of strategies for how to plan and prepare for a healthy holidays season. And what I wanted to talk about today were some specific strategies related to Halloween. If you celebrate Halloween, um, this can often be a time of year where things kind of start to spiral because you're going to be exposed to more sugar than probably what you're used to. And as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, maybe an Instagram post, if you follow me there, when you have a shift in your environment, such as more candy around more food at work, more parties, It's really a great opportunity to shift your strategy as well. And for those who have followed for a long time, you know, I'm a big proponent of planning and reflecting for action and creating your healthy plan for Halloween. So I remember growing up, we would trick or treat along the street and we would get this huge sack of candy. And we would just gorge on the candy until we felt sick. And then we would get to keep all of that candy. I usually hid it from my brother under my bed um, and I hid it from my parents too. And then I would just kind of keep doing that. I would keep having some candy the next day and some candy the next day. And I would take some from school and I would eat candy all day long. And this became a really big theme in my life was sugar. Um, My dad would bring us a candy bar. My brother and I, he'd bring us a candy bar every single day after school, a regular sized full candy bar, just because I think he wanted to stop and get one from the gas station. And so he, he bought one for us too. Um, until one day, uh, my brother, Brad and I fought too much. We fought quite a bit as kids and my dad's like, you guys don't deserve this anymore. And I'm not buying you candy anymore. Um, and so we didn't get the candy anymore, but I think one thing that's important to recognize in that is that having that candy bar every day about 3 p.m., 4 p.m. made me crave sugar every day about 3 to 4 p.m. And other things that might be coming up for you would be nostalgic food cravings. So this is something that we talked about in terms of emotional compared to physical hunger. And there's a lot of emotional hunger this time of year. 
especially as it relates to nostalgic food cravings. Another example I gave was my grandparents have a cabin at Lake McConaughey in Western Nebraska, and it was our happy place. It is my happy place still. It is probably my favorite place in the world to be at. Um, at the time of this recording, my grandma still lives out there. And growing up, um, I would go into their cabinets and get a bag of M&Ms. They always have an M&Ms. And I would dump it in a bowl like it was cereal, like it was just, you know, good old Captain Crunch, which I had plenty of that too. And then I would put it in their microwave for exactly one minute so that the inside was like melty and warm and the outside still had that crunch or like the crispiness to it. And then my brother and I would sit there and we would watch Rugrats. And I was, I was too young to read. I remember this because my brother would have to read the title to me as it popped up on the screen. And that was just such a treat to have M&Ms and watch Rugrats because my mom didn't allow us to watch Rugrats at home. She thought Angelica was too mean and a bad influence on us. Um, and so I really learned to crave sugar at the lake. And I learned to crave sugar when I'm relaxing. Um, another great example from the lake would be homemade ice cream uh, with homemade chocolate sauce. I mean, what a special treat, right? So we really learn and we're conditioned from childhood, at least I was, um, that sugar equals relaxation. Sugar equals a treat. And I think we really are... We're not setting our future selves up for success if we continue those types of habits um, into adulthood. And I think I'm reflecting a lot upon this this year because my son is four. And so, yes, we're trick-or-treating. And yes, he's going to have some candy. But I'm trying to find that balance between you know, healthy choices without being overly restrictive as a parent because that can certainly backfire too. I think that as parents, you know, we definitely have a responsibility um, to not only set a good example of health for our children, but also to help them adopt healthy habits um, in age-appropriate ways as they get older. And so I'm just reflecting a lot upon this right now. I have so many friends with young kids. Um, A lot of our Zivli members are grandmas and they have young kids and they're interested in, you know, setting a good example for their family. So here are some of my top Um, ideas that Dr. Beth and I came up with on just kind of how to maintain a lower sugar intake over Halloween specifically. So the very first thing is to not even buy candy to give out. And there are so many candy alternatives that are affordable and fun, and you're not inviting that temptation into your house. That was a phrase that my mom used several years ago. She goes, Morgan, I just, I don't want to invite temptation. And that's exactly what you're doing when you're going to the store and you're buying the candy that you like in hopes that there's some leftover, right? Like I am for sure guilty of that in the past. This year on Amazon for maybe $24, I got 300 glow sticks. And so we got three huge things of glow sticks and we're going to give away like glow stick bracelets and, um, they can make crowns or necklaces or bracelets or just kind of use them for whatever they want, but it's kind of fun. So we got glow sticks this year and some other examples that you could consider would be bubbles, mini Play-Doh, rubber stamps, stickers, bouncy balls, 
some temporary cool Halloween tattoos, magnets, pencils or erasers, keychains, those slap bracelets. I don't know if you know if I'm aging myself, um, but you just slap it on your wrist and it's a lot of fun. Um, Activity or coloring books, small craft kits, bookmarks. There's a lot of different ideas, especially if you're a grandparent and maybe you like to kind of put together a special little Halloween package for your grandkids. Those could be some excellent ideas instead of all candy. So mixing it up a little bit. Um, And then uh, Dr. Beth found some really cool ideas for how do we use leftover candy that we don't want to eat. Uh, my favorite strategy is just throw it away. I mean, out of sight, out of mind, take it out to like the dumpster and throw it away. Um, a couple other ideas if you don't want to waste that candy would be donating it to charity. So some ideas that we found were treats for troops and you can just Google. I'm not going to link all of these resources in the show notes because there's just too many of them. Um, but you can, if you did sign up for the healthy holidays workshop, you got this replay, you got our Google doc and our slide deck, and those have all of the clickable links for sure. If you didn't sign up for it, just Google what I'm talking about if you're interested in it. So treats for troops, they send candy overseas to troops, um, operation Shoebox local food pantries, local Ronald McDonald homes, local nursing homes. Um, All of those are some ideas. Sometimes dental offices will have a buyback program where they will buy your candy back from your kids to save their teeth. um, And then they give your kids some money and then they send that candy typically overseas um, or give it to charities. So this is really fun, especially if you're a grandma and maybe you're kind of a part-time caretaker for your grandkids, or maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and you're looking for some new craft ideas. Other leftover candy ideas would be like balancing with M&Ms. So you can kind of practice counting like, okay, you know, how many blue M&Ms do we have? How many red M&Ms do we have? Let's make a match. Um, You can work on patterns and sequencing with different types of candy. Um, You can do... There's like candy corn printable activities. So just different um, like science experiments and art experiments, like making pictures from the candy. Uh, If there are gumdrops or other sticky candy, you can use toothpicks with the gumdrops and make like sculptures out of them, like cubes or pyramids and kind of work on some shapes. And my favorite idea here was Skittles paint. So you kind of let the Skittles soak in some water or put some water on the Skittle and you can kind of make some rainbow with the uh, food dye in the Skittles. And let's see, the other thing is if you want some more ideas on what to do with leftover Halloween candy, just search the internet for learning activities or science experiments with candy and some other ones are going to come up. Okay, this was my favorite idea and we're actually doing it this year. We're trying it. I am not committing to a lifetime of it, but I wanted to give it a go. So it's called the switch witch, the switch witch. And what you, what you do is your kids will leave out extra candy for the switch witch. And she's a good witch who comes on Halloween night to take the extra candy uh, and leaves a small toy or gift. And then you can use the candy however you want, you know, with one of the previous strategies. And I was just kind of curious how this was going to go. So on, on the way to daycare this morning, I was talking to Dawson. Again, he's four and Leah is two. So Leah is not really old enough to kind of, you know, communicate or reason with. 
but Dawson is. And so I asked Dawson, I said, okay, Dawson, uh, have you heard of the tooth fairy? And he's like, yeah. I was like, have you heard the switch witch? And he's like, no, what's that? And I said, the switch witch is this good witch and she comes on Halloween night and you leave your leftover candy and then the switch witch will bring you a toy in exchange for the candy. Does that sound like something you that something you would like? And he said, yeah. I said, okay, well, how many pieces of candy do you think you want to keep from Halloween night? And he paused and he thought for a while and he goes, mm, maybe 60. And I started laughing. I was like, whoa, that would make you sick. Like, let's pick a, let's pick a little lower number. And he said, hmm, maybe 20. And I was like, okay, we're getting better. Maybe try another number. And he was like, maybe 16. And I said, said, oh, maybe I should have phrased this differently. Maybe I should have just told him like how many pieces I thought was appropriate. So we settled on 10 and I asked him, I was like, do you feel good about that? Because I don't want him to feel restricted around candy. You know, that's, that's like that fine balance I'm trying to find. And he goes, yeah, I like that. And so our plan, I'm making my four-year-old make his own plan, essentially. His plan is to kind of lay out all of the candy when he gets it, pick the 10 pieces that he wants to keep. And if he wants to eat them all that night, fine. But I'd prefer if he splits them up, but I'm not really going to monitor or moderate that as much. Um, if he, if he, if I notice like behavior, like he's trying to eat it as fast as he can, or he's just trying to like hoard it all, that's a sign to me that it's a too restrictive of an approach. And I would try something different next year. But if he's, you know, oh, I want some now and I'll save some for later. That's fine. Um, and so then I asked, okay, well, what kind of toys do you want me to tell the switch, which to consider getting you? And of course he's like, I want a big remote control, remote control monster truck. And I'm like, don't you like have two of those already? Uh, and then I said, well, what are some other ideas? A dinosaur. And so that's what we're going to do. That's our plan is just to kind of get a little dinosaur toy and then have him pick out 10 pieces of candy for himself and help his sister pick out 10 pieces, probably the ones that he likes because, you know, Leah doesn't really know what's going on yet. And um, then uh, Halloween night, I'll have him put the candy by the door. And then in the morning, just like when Santa comes, um, there'll be like a little toy there for him. So that was my favorite idea, that and the glow sticks. Those are what we're doing this year. And another idea was to add it to holiday gifts. So you could save it if it's not tempting to you, but you don't want to eat it, but you can keep it in your house without, without eating it. You can just put it like out of sight, out of mind and save it for holiday gifts or, um, like stocking stuffers or, you know, taking it to a work potluck, stuff like that. So a couple other strategies to not eat the Halloween candy, uh, just to wrap it up here, my mom gave this one to me a long time ago. She said, I just try to buy candy that I don't like. Um, so I am all about the chocolate. I'm like, give me the Reese's, uh, give me the Snickers, give me the Milky Way. I'm such a choc- I'm a chocolate girl through and through. But like Swedish Fish, uh, Skittles, what are the star- Starbursts, um, the sugar sticks, those don't do anything for me. So if, if we were buying candy, I would definitely be buying that kind because it's not even tempting to me to want. 
Another strategy is to keep it out of sight, out of mind. Now we actually still have Halloween candy in our house from last year. And it's because it is in a cardboard box on the top shelf in our pantry. It's out of sight, it's out of mind. We don't really think about it. That's why it's still there. I should probably go and throw it out. Um, Another one that I really like is delayed gratification. So if you have a certain goal for Halloween, maybe it's you want to have three pieces of candy. Maybe you don't want to have any candy. Maybe you want to save a piece of candy and have it the next day just to kind of practice that delayed gratification muscle. There's so many different strategies and there's no right or wrong thing to do here. But just practicing delayed gratification um, in anticipation of all the sugar that's going to be available at the holidays, it's a really important muscle to strengthen this time of year. Um, And then lastly would be uh, strategies that we talked about for controlling emotional eating and sugar cravings. Um, And for those, we gave a ton of strategies for being proactive, um, being in the moment, and then some reactive things where, oh my gosh, like I had so much sugar. What am I going to do? How am I going to get back on track? How do I not let this spiral for weeks and weeks and weeks until January? And those are going to be the types of strategies that you're going to hear in upcoming podcasts. So I think that's going to be kind of some fun content, just specifically talking a lot about emotional eating and sugar cravings this time of year. Um, Because I know at least for me, that used to be a huge issue. And then for our Zibli members, that's always a hot topic of conversation. So definitely tune in next week where we're going to talk about proactive ways to prevent emotional eating specifically around that um, Halloween candy and other holiday treats. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode today. If you have not already, I'm going to share a stat with you just to kind of bring it into perspective. If you have not already subscribed to this podcast and left a rating and review, I would really appreciate it because we have, I think about 110,000 podcast downloads now, which is a significant number. There's, you know, a thousand people listening to every, you know, every episode, at least like probably within the first week or two. And I would love if you are a regular listen listener of this podcast and you get value from it, I want you to just kind of like give the love back by leaving a, a rating and review because it helps the content get seen by more people and help more people. Um, I absolutely love getting to do this. I think it is my calling. It is certainly my passion. I am so, so grateful and I just, I love it. So if you could help me reach more people through your engagement, through leaving that rating and review for this podcast, I seriously would appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Um, so I hope that this one was helpful. It was kind of fun and we will talk more about emotional eating, uh, next week. And I'll talk with you at the same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the reshape your health podcast today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, and don't forget to tell a friend to learn more and connect online. Check out the links in the show notes.